Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. Welcome to Postcast on Locked On Jazz. David Locke along with Ron Boone. Locked On Jazz is part of the Locked On Podcast Network as we are family. Reminds me of the Oakland A's. My childhood, when they used to play this song, a little Sister Sledge. Pittsburgh Pirates. Oh, yeah, they did that. The Pittsburgh yeah. Pirates. By the way, if you'd like to know, that team had Willie Stargell at first. Rick, oh, let's see, the second baseman. Bill Madlock was the third baseman. The catcher. I'm getting old. I don't remember these things anymore. Omar Moreno was the center fielder. Bill Robinson was the left fielder. Dave Parker was, was in right. right Ed Ott was the catcher. All right, I don't have the shortstop or the second baseman of the 69. Oh, they threw it away, and the runner goes to third. The World Series going on. They played the Baltimore Orioles in that series, by the way, who had Ken Singleton in right, who had um, um, Al Bumbry in center. Okay, okay, okay. So who, the, was the, who was the manager? Oh, that's easy. That's Frank Tanner and Earl Weaver. This is my wheelhouse. I was you know nine. So I was I, nine, and so all I lived was baseball. One of the little nerdy kids that had a little transistor radio. They walked around with a radio up to your ear all the time. I mean, so I listen to that radio listen, every day. Listen to my baseball. college graduation, Maya Angelou spoke at my college graduation, who is, like, one of the most incredible speakers ever. But the Bulls were playing the NBA Finals, and I had an earphone in my ear so I could listen to the NBA Finals. But before we get into basketball, I might as well pass this on. Uh, Steve Clarke was the same way. He told me he had a transistor radio underneath his pillow. His mom would put him to bed, and when they go to bed, he'd take that pillow and just listen to baseball. Cubs baseball. I'm not Cubs. White Sox baseball. So, Well, right now the World Series is wrapping. The place is packed here. It's kind of a cool scene. The music's playing, and then every TV, no one's leaving because everyone's watching the World Series. So how sports brings a community together. The Jazz, uh, I thought Joe Johnson said it well. They validated last night's win by winning tonight over the Dallas Mavericks. They run away a little bit at the end, 97-81. to They had a little blip on the radar screen at the end of the third after they went up 20. They got back down to 7, then they outscored them 31-22 in the fourth. What's your thoughts on how the Jazz performed? Well, we don't need to talk about that first half at all. You know, I got the second half stats here, and I thought they were wonderful. You know, they... They started to knock down shots, and that second half ended up 8 for 14 from the three-point line. Shot 58%, 57% there from the three-point line. So if you want to do your um, effective field goal percentage, field goal percentage it's pretty good, darn good. That comes out to 22 of 31, which is basically 67% in the second half. So that tells the story right there. I mean, that first quarter was, first half really was a very boring basketball game, which Lots of jump shots, uh, and neither team was making anything. There was no energy out there. And I think up until they got a fast break, and I think Rudy got a dunk, did the fans really get into the basketball game. But, you know, like Joe said, you validate. Uh, don't care how you win sometimes, just as long as you win and, and you go on and start preparing for the next ball game. Jazz do a nice job with a three-point shooting again. And, Ron, this is two nights in a row, and 
I'm going to go back to some off-season analysis that was done by Zach Harper, who's now lives here. He writes for CBS Sports at the time. And he did a whole piece on open three-point shooting. And what he found was the Jazz had a bunch of guys that missed an awful lot of open three-point shots and have added a bunch of guys who make an awful lot of open three-point shots. And we are seeing it. George Hill and Joe Johnson are over 50% on catch-and-shoot threes right now. Joe Ingles, I'm not sure, has missed one yet this year. The Jazz have a collection of guys who really can shoot the three, and when they spread the floor are going to maybe be very, very difficult to guard. Nice play by the shortstop. Throws out the guy at first, meaning a run does not score, and the Indians will go to the plate in the bottom of the night. Uh, did you hear anything I said? Yes, I did. And, and to add to that, uh, um, David, you and I discussed this a little bit last night on the plane when I was asking you about open jump shots. I think that's the most important shot in basketball. We, t- we talk so much about players being able to shoot with a hand in their face and all that kind of stuff. But you don't practice. A lot of times you're not practicing that way. You're playing shooting games. Uh, you're working on your, your moves. You know, usually there's no one around you. So you're practicing shooting open jump shots. And, and so when, when I asked you last night about give me a percentage on what player or what team shoot, you know, make open jump shots, those are the teams going to win basketball games. Well, we look at un- one of the numbers we look at all the time is uncontested shooting. And last night the Jazz were brilliant. I think they were great tonight again when they got those uncontested looks. And the other thing we looked at is we looked at players who had the most open looks. And what did we discover? But that the Jazz had a bunch of guys that shoot over 40% on open looks. George Hill, Gordon Hayward, Rodney Hood, Joe Johnson were all plus 40% three-point shooters. And I think you can throw Joe Ingles in there right now, too. I mean, he is playing with a ton of confidence. He's also he's playing relaxed for some reason. Last year, remember last year he was trying to dribble and penetrate and get the basketball to open uh, you know to his teammates and you know that type of thing and and now he seems to be looking to shoot the basketball i don't know if Trent coach snyder has had a long conversation with him about anything like that but he is he's definitely playing very very relaxed jazz hold the mavericks to just 81 points tonight the mavericks shoot just 10 free throws in the game uh george hill had 25 rodney hood had 22 uh I think you know my feeling on George Hill. You've had to sit next to me on the plane for three years while I told you every day that I wanted George Hill on this roster. So it's not, I'm not surprised by what I'm seeing. I, I, I probably is one of his biggest. Are you at all surprised at how good a player he is watching him every day? I, I, I won't say I'm surprised, but I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about how good he is. And, and the times that we have watched him, um, you know, just being when we played against him. It's not like I've, I've spent a lot of time watching film, watching him play, um, uh, you know, just watching the whole game or anything like that. So he's uh, more than what I expected, I think. And the fans are very excited about having him here. And the beauty of him is that his ability to transfer his game to a different le- level when Gordon comes back or when playing with a hot Rodney, he... He, unlike a lot of point guards in this league, he does not have to have the ball in his hands on every possession so that when other guys have warmed up, he then goes to a nice complementary role. And that, I think, allows for a team to really come together in a special manner. So that means what? That he understands the game. Uh, he understands that, okay, maybe I need to 
uh, be more offensive-minded. Maybe I need to get somebody else involved. Uh, Coach Snyder might call a, a play, and he knows how to get them into that play. Something that I think, you know, a, a point guards could learn. I think Shelvin Mack can can learn something from that because there's times when he doesn't get the team team into a set, and and I think um, that's not what Coach Snyder would like. Jazz starters tonight, plus 24 for Hill, plus 24 for Hood, plus 26 while Joe Johnson on the floor. By the way, Joe Johnson very subtly tonight, 13 points, 5 rebounds, and four assists. So just an all-around solid win, 97-81. Jazz will play the Spurs again Friday. That'll be a tough one. And then an East Coast road trip, which is not going to be easy, but has some games that are winnable on it. I'll be interested to see how this team does. And Gordon Hayward should be coming around the corner uh, here at some point in time as this team just gets a little bit healthier, hopefully, every day. This has been Postcast on Locked on Jazz. Jazz blow out the Mavericks 97-81. to 81. Uh, We did not talk much about Dallas. We often do early in the season, give a quick synopsis, but we I think we could sum it up by saying it was strange to watch Darren Williams, Wesley Matthews, and Dirk Nowitzki, players we admire and have seen at their primes, be so far from their prime. And whether they, Darren and Wesley have anything that they can go to to get their prime back, I don't know, but otherwise it looks like it could be a tough year for the Mavericks. On behalf of Ron Boone, I'm David Locke. This has been Locked on Jazz's postcast. Make sure you subscribe to Locked on Jazz on iTunes or whatever you use to catch your podcast on the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.